0: Hello my queens and welcome back to the podcast. Um, I have a puppy now. I think I spoke a bit about it in the last episode but how exciting. He's a blue male Great Dane and he is probably the cutest thing to ever walk this earth. I love him. My other dog Rocky, he's a -a cockapoo. He's not too keen. It took him some getting used to. And you know, I think we can all learn something from that. But... Yeah, They're getting along good now. They play together. It's very sweet. Um, the puppy is... He's nine weeks old. Oh, I sorry if you can hear that. I just stood on something. He's nine weeks old. Um, he's kind of potty trained already. We've got it down to a T. If you know how hard it is to potty train a puppy, then you know. And um, we're crate training him, obviously. Uh, yeah. And he's going pretty good. Bless his little heart. He didn't cry last night at all in his crate and he's kind of getting the hang of it all. So... I feel a little bit more relieved because to me, again, being an autistic lady, change stresses me the fuck out real bad. I'm not good with change and something as demanding as that was really hard for me. It took me a few days to kind of get used to it. Sometimes it can take a few weeks, but I'm feeling a lot better now and I'm very happy. I'm in a pretty, um, I was going to say pretty good place, but that was kind of a lie, but I've been in a worse place, I'm doing okay, I'm going to keep telling myself I'm doing okay and being positive because that just makes everything go a bit better. I don't really have much plan for today's episode, I kind of just want to wing it and talk about some things and maybe I'll write down some notes before I get fully into it, otherwise I tend to ramble, but I'm trying to stick to a very consistent posting schedule because otherwise I get a bit all over the place and I want it to be consistent because I really enjoy doing it and I think go f- do whatever you love you know what I'm saying? Okay, enough intro, because you don't want to hear, or do you want to hear? Because I'm stuck between, do you want to really hear about my life, or do you want me to like give you advice, or a bit of both? Because I'm trying to do a bit of both, but then I feel like if I talk too much about my life, you're probably like, oh my god, shut up. Anyway, let's let's stop this. <laughs> I will tell you about my life, because I actually have some exciting things planned. So obviously, I got a puppy, and if you know and if you listen to the last episode, I think um, you know that I went to Bali last year. Um, so twenty twenty two, and I want to go again with my boyfriend this year. Hopefully for my boyfriend's birthday, we're both kind of trying to plan it. We haven't booked flights yet, but I think we will do in the couple of weeks. But hopefully we will be able to do that because I'd absolutely love to go back. And there's so much that I didn't get to see and do that I just. I really 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 want to go and I'm very excited and then in November I actually have a trip to South Africa booked which makes me so happy because I haven't been back home in five years I think it's been now which is crazy and that's partly because of Covid and everything and then my family all couldn't go on the same dates and then I was not going to travel alone and now I finally am able to travel alone and so I'm doing that and I'm so excited because I get to see Everyone that I know and love and I just can't wait to be back in that environment And I mean, it's my hometown. It's my happiest place in the world. I cannot wait. I'm so excited I'm also trying to get my health back in gear at the moment because I've kind of been all over the place I struggle a lot with binge eating and I trigger warning go through binge restrict cycles And at the moment, I'm very much in the binge which I really don't like and it makes me feel really awful about myself and you know what it's okay if you need to eat loads it's okay to eat loads no nothing's gonna happen it's absolutely fine but the food i'm eating is probably not the best for me well i know it's not and i just find myself really not taking care of myself because i'm the type of person that once one thing gets thrown off i'm like oh everything's wrong everything's thrown off And it just kind of messes me up a little. So I'm trying to get back on my good eating and, you know, 80-20 rule is a thing. So right now I'm having a protein shake and instead of just waiting until I get starving hungry and then binge on something that's not great for me, I'm going to feed my body and nourish it and that's just what we need to do. And everyone slips up, everyone has mistakes and that's absolutely fine. So I keep telling myself that and I keep forgiving myself, but... Yeah, let's just get into today's episode because I don't want to keep going on about random stuff that has nothing to do with it. But you all probably want to know. Maybe you want to know. I don't know. I'm overthinking. Okay, I w- I've wanted to talk about this for the longest time, but I didn't know if I had enough to say about it. And hopefully I do. And I know that there's going to be people that very much relate to this. And obviously you've seen the literal, um, what's it called? Heading? Topic? Um, <laughs> the name of today's episode. And that's Healing in a place that broke you and can you heal in the place or environment that broke you or with people that broke you i'm a very 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 firm believer in this and i i agree and disagree i think you can only heal so much in a place that broke you or heal so much around people that broke you but you cannot fully heal and this goes for people or places and i kind of want to talk about it in both aspects but You can't revive your soul when you're surrounded by those that wreck it. Like, you know the saying that's like, your vibe attracts your tribe? Same kind of situation here. Your environment is so much more important than you think. It determines what kind of life you're going to live, the people you'll attract, what kind of expectations and standards you set for yourself and others. And if somebody has hurt you so badly to the point where it has given you trauma, or affected your life in a negative way. And I'm not just talking about like little silly arguments, I'm talking kind of more big things here. And if you have really negative connotations to a place, and that may may be a place where you live, or where you are currently, that a lot of bad has happened here, but you're technically not, or you're not necessarily in the place to move out of there, or maybe you're still at school, or things like that, it can be really, really difficult to heal fully. In that place especially when you are very attached to that environment and a lot of bad things have happened there and i think for me this sounds really dumb but this is probably one of the biggest reasons why i have changed my room around completely redecorated my room about five times in not that many years because i am very much a person whose surroundings affect them wait my my surroundings really affect my mood yeah that's what i'm trying to say And I was going through a really, really bad patch in my younger teenage years, and just before I was a teenager and everything, probably till I was about 16, things were pretty rough. And I mean, they've been bad since, obviously, like on and off, but nowhere near as bad as they were then. And that was purely because I didn't really know myself, I didn't know what was going on with me, and I was undiagnosed with some things, and everything was just all over the place. Again, I've spoke about this multiple times, but... I found myself really, really unhappy in my environment and I used to cry to my mum and cry to everybody I know saying, Oh my gosh, I hate England, I hate living here, I hate school, I need to move, I need to be away from these people, everyone here, I can't stand, they've ruined my life. And to an extent, yeah, (laughs) I still very much believe that to an extent, but I learned to be grateful for where I am and what it's taught me and what I have and I think everybody needs to learn to do that in one way or another. But it is really hard. It's really difficult. And back to the thing of me changing my room. Because I had so much trauma occur in this room, in this space, in this house, I was trying to constantly chase change and something that would bring a little bit of positivity into my life. So by me changing my room each time, it signified to me that it was like a fresh start, kind of, in my brain. And I guess it worked and it didn't. Because now every time something goes wrong, or like when I broke up with my boyfriend, and we're back together now, but when we broke up, I changed my entire room around because it reminded me too much of him. And I was just going through a rough time in that part of my life anyway, even despite the breakup. So that didn't help. But more talking like when I was younger, things were pretty rough. And so every time I would change my room, I thought, okay, this is a new chance. But the underlying deep down thing I knew was that I fully couldn't heal. No matter if I tried to change things or cover it up, it wasn't going to go away. And that's what I still struggle with to this day. And I think, again, having gratitude and learning to love where you're at and understanding that this is just a chapter in your life and that's okay. And things are going to be like this, but they're not going to be like this forever. And, you know, good is coming. And acting as if you're already happy can trick your brain into thinking you're happy. And do as much as you can to try and make the space that you're in as positive and uplifting and non-trauma-provoking as you possibly can. And I think I'm doing a pretty good job at this. Again, it kind of goes to even things like cleaning my room. Because I tell myself I'm not happy in my environment, I'm not happy in this house, when I move out I will keep my room really, really clean and have it exactly how I want I'm never going to have that unless I start doing it now and showing appreciation for my room now because my room is a safe space for me. It's where a lot of my creativity thrives. It's where I'm recording this podcast. But a lot has happened in my room and whether that be trauma or incredible things, I need to be grateful for both and what they've taught me and to see that I have come out the other side a better person and learnt better things. And I think that goes for all of us. It is a little harder when we're talking about healing in a place where people may have hurt you because I also relate to this and I've been a bit scared maybe to talk about this because it's a little vulnerable and I don't like talking about it purely for the fact I get very emotional and very defensive and I've gotten better through therapy. I can now talk about it without crying but my relationship with my dad is not great. I have BPD from a lot of few traumas but a main one being daddy issues and again this is okay to talk about i feel myself getting anxious already but that's completely normal and that's fine and i love my dad to pieces but i don't love what he did and how it affected me but i love him to pieces and he still is my dad and i can forgive and there's healthy distance between us we obviously we live in the same house but we don't necessarily have that strong a relationship, and that's okay, and I spent ages chasing that and trying to make things better, but you can't help somebody that doesn't want to be helped, and you can't change somebody that doesn't want to change. So I learned to accept it and learned to realise that that's how my relationship with him is going to be, and that's okay. And chasing it only made me more miserable, and only made me more unhappy. But again, back to the whole healing in the place with a person that broke you. This is a tough one for me because I spent forever trying to change my dad and fighting against things and finding it really, really difficult. And I still have moments where I sometimes have to bite my tongue instead of saying things to him that I know will provoke a very intense emotional reaction in me and know that he won't care. But, again, that distance is probably the only thing that helped me as much as it did just knowing that it's okay, and that's how it has to be. And I think the biggest thing that I did that really helped me realise that was... I wrote a letter to past me, to my dad in the past. Um, I didn't actually physically give him this letter, I just wrote, yeah, a letter to younger me. I wrote a letter to my dad as if I was younger and how confused I was and things and I wrote a letter to myself now and to my dad now and again I didn't give him this but it made me very very clear of my thoughts and then I burnt it or I think I flushed it down the toilet or something I burnt one of them and the other one I think I flushed down the toilet which if it clogged my toilet it hasn't so I just think it's fine anyway but yeah that was very relieving and I cried a lot, and it was very hard to actually start and get the words out on paper because I felt so vulnerable and so scared. But it was probably one of the better things I did as a healthy coping mechanism, instead of me going back and forth screaming at my dad and trying to change him and things. It, it doesn't work that way, and my dad is not a bad person. I believe you can be not a bad person, but you can do some shitty things, and that can be from your own issues. And just not acknowledging that you need to change or sometimes people just don't want to change and it's hard for them. And not everyone is in a place of wanting to go through that intense self-development and that's okay. And I forgive my dad and I love him a lot. I really do. It was just getting through that for me. And again, yes, the letters were very, very helpful. But I did realise that this is only temporary and... Every time something triggers me to do with my dad or to do with anything in my environment, that can be really hard. And I think a lot of us will feel this. And that can even be like the area you live in, because for me, like school was shitty, obviously. And there's a lot of people around here I don't like. Again, hey, Queens, if you're listening to the podcast, half of you I probably don't like. And you know what? That's fine. You probably don't like me either. So I don't know why you're listening to this. Most people. The people who hate you- why is this a thing? The people who hate you or have caused you damage or whatever will be the first to view your stuff and the first to, like, stalk you. How odd. And most of the time it comes from jealousy or they're so insecure they're trying to point out somebody else's insecurities and that's just sad. Like, go live your life. Go do what you want to do. Don't tear somebody else down, type thing. Uh, I kind of lost track of where I was. I think I need to regain my thoughts a little bit because everything was just a little all over the place again a d h d My meds haven't kicked in yet. It's early in the morning. Give the girl a break. I wanted to read this because I think it's very true, and I think it will resonate with a lot of us and it says I got it from this website i hold on what's it called medium.com and it says the bleeding will never stop if the person who created the wounds is still in your daily life and your wounds will never heal if they're not given the space to breathe and regenerate it's not your fault not being able to heal doesn't mean you're weak or incapacitated and it certainly doesn't mean there's something fundamentally wrong with you it just means you're in the wrong place surrounded by the wrong people and that's okay and we're not all in the the time of our life and the season of our life where we can just get up and leave and move or go out. So it's learning as much as you can to separate yourself from that and creating things and having gratitude for what you have. And it can be really hard to have gratitude for a shitty situation or a shitty person. But again, me back with my writing list, but I can't stress this enough. It seems so dumb, but I'm telling you, write down shit, I promise you. Write write it down. Just write everything down. I I promise you, it gets so much out of your brain. And I know I was a person who thought for ages, that's so dumb. Like, that's so stupid. And it, it's because it feels vulnerable and I was scared. But also, again, with the writing down, write down every single thing that you were grateful for about that situation or about that person. And it can be hard because if you're going through it, and it feels shitty, you think, what can I be grateful for for this person if they have low-key ruined my life? But there are some things, and it can be anything, no matter how small. Like, if you, if it's your parents, and you are still living under your parents' roof, and your parents provide for you, that is something to be grateful for. That is a pretty huge deal, you know? They haven't kicked you out or anything. And even if they have kicked you out, and you have no contact with your parents or something you can still find things to be grateful for. And I feel like people are going to hate me for that, but it's true. Even just them giving you life, you do have stuff to be grateful for. And that essentially, and there was science behind this as well, and I'm not a scientist, so I don't even know if I'm going to explain it properly, but the more you work out and the more you focus on what things you were grateful for with that person or that situation... Things will change in your life and the person will change and you will start to see things reciprocate and also it just helps you heal as much as you possibly can and be as much peace as you possibly can. Just stay out of their way as much as you can if that's what you need and I spent ages fighting and trying to weave my way in and for things to get better but it doesn't necessarily work like that and so learning to separate myself and separate Myself from my emotions and realize, okay, this is what I'm feeling. This doesn't determine my life, and I'll get through it and I'll be okay. That's a big helper too, because a lot of us will get stuck in the emotions of everything. So, whether you're sad or you're angry at someone, you then become sad and angry at your whole life. But you can flip that around, and I know it's hard in the moment. And trust me, I have BPD, so that for me is very, very, very difficult. But you can do it and a lot of the time when I calm down, I can do it and I will just try my best to even catch myself before a meltdown or before a split. I will catch myself and I will try and work through it as best I can and just separate myself from my emotions and know that it's okay. And it takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. It took me months, probably even like over a year or two, to become at peace as much as I am now. And I'm still not. There is still things I really struggle with. And when I get triggered and things like that. And that's okay. That's completely fine. But I just know that I will be okay. And it's just a trigger in the moment that I have felt. And it doesn't determine me. And it's not going to affect my life. And also it's just okay to feel you're a human. You're meant to feel. You're meant to cry. Allow yourself to cry. I was listening to a podcast recently from, I think it was Lexi Hidalgo. And she said she really struggled with crying. And crying is so good for you it releases i can't even i don't even know what crying releases but i'm pretty sure it's endorphins or something and that's so good for you it's healthy you're meant to cry obviously if it's natural for your body to cry then it's something you should be doing so even when i was on medication that wasn't made me not cry i came off that shit straight away because i i don't love crying i hate crying i mean who likes crying But I know that crying for me is a very good stress reliever. And once I have cried, and cried and maybe sobbed, I know that I will feel slightly relieved once it's over. And I don't know if anyone's going to relate to that. But I don't enjoy crying, and I try to hold it in. But I know that's not good for me, and that I should just let it out as healthily as I possibly can. And that's okay. And if you need to scream and shout, do that too. As long as you're not harming anybody else, or harming yourself, it's okay to feel, and you should feel, especially when again, you're in a place or with people that really kind of potentially even bring out the worst in you. Because I know that's what I feel a lot of the time. And knowing when to remove yourself from a situation when it feels a little bit heated. Like, there was something that triggered me very badly. Um, And I was actually at my cousin's house on Christmas Day. And we were eating Christmas dinner. And there was something that triggered me really badly. And I felt myself getting very intensely angry and upset. And I was like, I'm either going to burst into tears... Or to start tearing the place down. So, you know what? For my own peace of mind and for everybody else and to save myself and everyone a lot of damage, I got up and left the table. I just was like, I'm going to the toilet. And people could probably tell there was tears in my eyes and I was clenching my fists. But you know what? Just taking myself out of that and giving myself some deep breathers and calming down as much as I could helps as much as it possibly can and there is times where it will turn into a full-fledged meltdown and that's fine. I will allow myself to feel. But just be honest with yourself and be honest with where you are. And it takes time. Just don't forget that. It does take time and it's something that you have to continuously work on and continuously put yourself through. It's a little bit of exposure therapy, I suppose. But even if you don't live with the person that hurt you and maybe if say your parents are divorced and one parent so say for me okay right imagine this if my parents were divorced and my dad was the one who gave me the trauma if I then went to see my dad say at the weekends or something and that brought up a lot of emotion for me that would be the place that I would struggle to heal so apply everything like that what I was saying to this and I kind of want to get into more of how you can rebuild yourself around those who destroyed you. So let me just talk about that, because I feel like this made no sense. I have so many thoughts in my head that I can't put stuff down, and then I feel everything's jumbled. And I don't even know if it makes sense. I say this every single episode, but for real. Anyway, let's let's just get into this. This is all so weird as well that I'm talking about this today, because I'm actually going to therapy <laughs> later with um, the crisis team, if you know about that in the UK, then you know. I don't really want to get into that right now. I think I'm going to do my whole mental health story on a different episode, but yeah. And so I'm going to be delving into this a lot with my trauma. And so maybe this is setting me up for a good understanding of what's going to happen later and just getting myself ready, because I am very treatment resistant when my BPD is triggered. And that can be hard, and a lot of people with BPD are treatment resistant because our brains obviously try to protect us so we become resistant because we're trying to protect ourselves and turning ourselves inward so that we don't have to split or we don't have to get upset and feel the feelings because they're very intense and often very buried. But anyway, I don't want this episode to be droning on for ages and ages. So I still believe that pain has served purpose. I still believe that we need to go through a journey in order to find ourselves and to learn the lessons that we've learned from it. But You can also learn from that. Does that make sense? (laughs) I don't understand what I'm trying to say here, but I understand what I'm trying... No, okay, I'm waffling. I don't think you can probably understand what I'm trying to say, but I can understand what I'm trying to say. So when we become aware of our trauma, we feel enlightened and terrified at the same time. Enlightened because you're you're able to understand where it's come from, why it's a trauma, and how it's a trauma but terrified because you have no idea what to do with the awareness and it's very uncomfortable to feel that new feeling when maybe you've never felt it before and it took me a long time to understand my trauma and it took therapy and it took a lot of shit to get to where it is now and it can be tempting to believe that you can heal and have a peaceful relationship with those who've hurt you and the small majority probably can but in my case I know that I will not be able to have a good relationship. Peaceful, maybe. Because it's civil, and me and my dad don't really get involved with each other as such. Like, we barely talk, even though we live in the same house. And I'm very comfortable with that, and I know that's fine. Especially if you've spent years, like me, pleasing the person, trying to get them to change, prioritising their needs, and trying to change yourself in hopes that they will like you. And I did this a lot. I would do stuff that I wanted to, my dad to approve of. So I would do stuff to win his approval. And any split second he gave me the validation, I would really cling on to that and hold it. But that was probably about 3% of the 97% that it would go on. Does that make 100? Yeah, okay. Dyscalcula came through. So it can be tempting to believe that we can create an oasis of serenity in the midst of all the madness because i think we're all a bit capable of doing that and we all try because we want to make the best out of a bad thing but when it hits us it hits us hard and i'm not going to tell you that it's not possible healing is always available even in that midst of chaos but if it's to do with a person specifically If the other person is not willing to change, you're only going to make it harder and more painful for yourself trying to get them to be something that they're not or something that they don't want to be. And you also have to understand that everyone is in their own healing journey. Everyone understands and learns about themselves at different times. And some people never do. Some people never want to. And that's okay. You have to accept them for as they are and just know. That that's how they are. There's nothing you can do and it is not your fault. Please stop blaming yourself. I spent forever doing this and I know we all do it, but it is not your fault. And I want to read this quote from E.B. Johnson, which again, found on a website, but I think it's good. And it says, you need to get a place where you can remove the abusers and traumatizers from your life at will. While establishing a small corner of quiet that is entirely yours entirely yours and under your control you have to tap into the deepest courage so you can stand up to the trauma and prevent more trauma from coming back into your life this life is yours it's no one else's to dictate and because again back to the whole your vibe attracts your tribe it does and the more you're focusing on the bad and how awful it is the scientific proof is in the fact that that's how what you're going to attract into your life That will come back to you, whether that's in relationships or other friendships or other places, it will come back to you. And this is very much shown to me in when I was unhealed and when I... And I'm still not fully healed. I don't believe, like, you can ever necessarily be fully healed. There's always things to learn. But when I was in the very darkest stages of denial and anger and I do believe those are the stages, and anger for me came before acceptance, and I remember sat with my therapist, and she said to me, well, it's good that you're in the anger phase, because do you know what, acceptance will come after, and I was like, that's so dumb, but she was right, she was very much right, Um, so it can be difficult when you feel like you're constantly living in that fear, if the environment's toxic, and you're trying to suppress every part of your being, you spend your Daily life in constant fear, fear of speaking up, fear of expressing your emotions, fear of setting boundaries, fear of choosing a different path, fear of saying no, even. Essentially, you then become a shell of yourself. So, how do you fully believe that you could heal in that environment? If you're not given the space to explore yourself, if your past is still your present, then your wounds are still bleeding. And if you're not actively working on validating yourself and forgiving yourself and working on forgiving the person or the place as much as you can and showing gratitude for them nothing's going to get easier it's only going to get worse and that's the truth in the nicest way possible and sometimes if you are in a position where you can remove the toxicity completely that's not running away from your problems a lot of people will say like oh you can't just run away from it But it's not when it's costing you your life quality, it's not your job to fix the environment you're in, it's not your job to fix other people. You can love someone from a distance, you can see their trauma, understand their pain and still set boundaries, you can remove yourself from that situation. The true compassion involves accepting that if someone is incapable of looking at their own emotions and doing the work to get better, you have the choice and it's your life, you have the willpower and the choice to let them go. You can't save someone that doesn't want to be saved, you can't fix someone who's not aware of how broken they are or how broken they have been and how that's affecting you, essentially... Moving to a safer environment isn't running away, it's literally part of the addressing your problem, and again, because for me, moving out right now is not an option, so I've just had to learn to create the distance as best I can, but if you are in a place where you can move, but you're afraid of taking the next steps, or you want to move across the country, and you're afraid, fear is a good thing, in that sense, because you're brain is automatically trying to protect you from the unknown and the unknown is scary and we all seek comfort but there is great great growth in uncomfortable situations and sometimes you just have to full-on deep dive into the deep end and just go for it especially if you know and in your heart you can really tell there is better for you you don't know how many chances you're gonna get if the opportunity arises i'm very much grab it Take any opportunity that comes your way. In your heart, you will know. And don't let fear overrule you. Don't let fear overrule you from healing. Don't let fear overrule you from moving somewhere or doing something because you're afraid of other people or... This is a whole other thing. I'm getting into something completely different. But do you... I think you can understand what I'm trying to say here. It's not running away from your problems and it's not weak. A lot of people think it's weakness and it really, really isn't. You deserve to feel sp- to feel safe in your present moment. You deserve to live in a peaceful place that supports your growth and stimulates your mental health. Why would anybody choose, openly choose to be in a place that they felt they couldn't heal in and felt really, really weighed them down and they couldn't be themselves or they couldn't be happy or it evoked a lot of trauma in them? You don't. You deserve to be surrounded by people who validate your human experience, not people who deny it. And just because that's your family, and again, very, be grateful for your family. Obviously, of course, family is everything to a lot of people, but to some people, it isn't. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, you need to love your family. You need to do that because, for some people, that's simply not the case. And we are all different, and that's okay. Just because they are your family does not mean that they are the right people for you to be around or that they are serving you to your highest good and they are good people. And again, people can be good people but do bad things. It doesn't make them a bad person. But again, you have your own life and you do not need to live in this cloud of fear and depression and constant anxiety and upset when you know there's better for you and you know you could... Heal a lot better somewhere else or with other people. And this goes for friendships too. If you've got a shitty friend, I know it's easier said than done to cut people off. But honestly, if they're not bringing that much to your life, what are you gaining? Like, if you're dead honest with yourself, if you can cut somebody off and know that there will be more good that comes from that, and the only thing that's stopping you from cutting them off is fear, there is your answer. And also, if you're attracting, and I wanted to talk about this a little without getting too much into it, but look at yourself and realise what qualities, so for example, if you have a really shitty friend that you look at and you hate a lot of their traits or they do a lot of things that make you upset, look at yourself really, really hard and Not, I mean, you can look at yourself in the eyes, in the mirror, but I mean, like, inwardly, like, at your brain. And really be honest and say, do I hate their actions and do I hate their traits or whatever they're doing that makes me upset? Because it's a past version of me. And a lot of the times, there is things that I will really dislike in other people that I realise is either a trauma trigger or... Is a trait that I used to do when I was in a really unhealed bad place, and so for me, that's why I cut off a lot of people that I know, and a lot of my old friends. I used drinking as a very big trauma escape, and it harmed me very badly. It it was not a good thing. I don't recommend anybody do that to escape your problems. was a very, very dark time for me. And without getting too much into it, I turned to drinking because a lot of the trauma that I have from my dad is that he is an alcoholic. So that, for me, was a big, oh my God, factor. And as soon as I realised that and realised, I don't want to become him, I don't want to be like that, so why was I doing it? And I could see that in myself. And the people I was surrounded with were into doing that type of stuff as well, because obviously that's what I had attracted. If I was going out three, four times a week and fully binge drinking really badly and couldn't stay at home, couldn't do anything and then was eating badly as a result of it and all things like that and drinking when I didn't need to be drinking and things like that, that's not healthy and that's not okay and I'm fully past that phase in my life. I don't do that anymore. And I think all teenagers will obviously go through a phase where... Yeah, you want to party, you want to drink, but if you're doing it to distract you from your problems or as an escape, then you need to look at yourself and get out of it sooner rather than later. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I had an addiction because I didn't. I'm not saying that it was awful, but I realised that I was only drinking and going out to parties and doing stuff with these people because I didn't want to be alone and I didn't want to face my own brain. And... I didn't even enjoy drinking, as like really. And now I will go out and I will have like two drinks and I don't enjoy getting drunk, I really don't. And that's okay. And I can go out and be sober, doesn't bother me. I will still have a great time. And when I started to cut that out, I realised that better things were coming into my life and more, more similar, that's not even the correct grammar, but you understand what I mean, better people were coming into my life. So for example... My boyfriend doesn't drink. And so, for me to be surrounded by people who were always partying and wanting to drink or whatever, and everyone my age doing that, to then have my boyfriend come into my life who doesn't drink made things loads easier. Because he doesn't care about it. He doesn't want to go out and drink and be annoyed if I'm not drinking. You can be fun and be sober, you know? And even if you want to go drink and have fun with your friends that's fine too but again I got a little off topic but looking at yourself and realizing are the traits you don't like in somebody else a trauma response for you are you triggered by their actions because it brings out a past version of you and then learn to forgive and learn to accept that and the more realization you do in a healing process the better and again this is a very vulnerable thing and very different for everybody but that's the most you can do without physically being able to take yourself away, and I hope that made sense, and I hope that you took something from this, and again, this could be really, really long, and I could go into this a lot deeper, but that was more surface level, because again, it's uncomfortable for me to talk about, and it's kind of hard for me to get my words out sometimes, but yeah, I'm gonna finish that there because it's now time for my puppy to go for his wee because we've got him on a schedule that I can take him out for a wee and he knows he needs to wee and that's kind of how the potty training works but oh again I'm recording this podcast early because we are being on time and good and proud of me for getting my shit together because I did have a breakdown the other day a very big autistic meltdown because of the change and the overwhelm and that's fine I do definitely want to talk more about autism and things like that on the podcast because I think that'll be very interesting. But yeah, so thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review the podcast if you go up and you press the little stars. Um, that's how you do it. Just gets it out to more people and it just would be a great thing. And be vulnerable with yourself. Be vulnerable with other people around you. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. And... Just know the only person you really have is yourself and you are in charge of your happiness and your life and that's all you can do. I will come back maybe with... um, This could was a little bit of a uh, episode, so maybe a little bit of a down kind of episode, but no, it's not because it's going to help somebody at least. I hope that I can at least touch one person and help one person. That's all I want to do in this lifetime. And yeah, take care of yourself. I will be back. Don't know what next week's going to be, but hopefully something upbeat and exciting and... Yeah. Or if you have any podcast episode ideas, please send them over to me on my Instagram. It's at Alana Tims underscore. And my TikTok is Alana Rose Tims. Um, yeah, you can find me on there. So go do that and go ask me questions. I'd love to do an advice episode. Love, love, love to do that. And maybe I'll get one of my friends on the podcast as well. That could be good fun. So maybe I'll do that too. But again, this is all new for me and it's scary and it's exciting, but we're going to stick at it and we're going to make it how whatever I want it to be but okay I'm rambling again so I love you I hope this helps you in any way shape or form and if it did again please rate and review and share it to more people I'm gonna shut up now I love you have a great rest of your week have a great day have a great day not just a good day that's gonna be my new thing I love you see you next week